0: just get this out of the way so um, good evening as I said my name is Susie and um, come over from Trent and um, tonight we're going to be speaking or I'm going to be speaking on building teams and um, this first session is going to be on culture on building teams in a culture and um, just to give you a little bit of context to that so currently for me um, I oversee about 13 staff members and about there's probably about 350 volunteers in the, in the context of the teams that I oversee. So kids and youth, discipleship year, leadership development year, and Dreaming the Impossible, the youth festival as well. So um, over the years, as I've sort of been on my leadership journey, I've seen God do some amazing things. There's been, I guess, there's been times of huge highs, huge, huge lows. Times um, where I felt like I've nailed it, times where I've been like, that was a total disaster. But um, it's been a total privilege, and actually the thing that I probably love, one of the things I love the most about my role is, is building teams. And um, I've got this little phrase which I, which I love. I like to think it's like a sociology original, um, but in reality I think I've stolen it. But it's teamwork makes the dream work. And... Um, That's a great phrase, isn't it? And um, that's what we're going to be focusing on tonight. Uh, The official title is a bit more sensible. It's Building Teams by Identifying and Developing Leaders who then go on to develop leaders of leaders. And um, so to help us really for this first session, we're gonna this, I'm gonna try and set the scene. We're gonna look at how leaders are best developed in the context of teams, and then we're gonna sort of zoom in on how is it, how can we create a kingdom culture in our teams. And then for the second session, I'm going to really practically look at how do you take someone from joining your team to coming right the way through to being someone who is a leader of leader of leaders of multiple teams. So hopefully that's okay, and there'll be like time to discuss in, in between that. Um, so some of you might have heard this quote before, um, but I think it's just too good not to, not to repeat, so I'm going to repeat it. And it's this, it's from Bill Hybels in his book, Courageous Leadership, it's coming, it's coming up. So the local church is the hope of the world, and its future rests primarily in the hands of its leaders. And, um, And I totally believe that, and I think that leaders really are at their very best when they're placed in teams, when they're creating a culture of leadership, because only leaders can develop other leaders. And for healthy teams to grow, and therefore, you know, our churches to grow, we need to be constantly developing leaders, creating teams. We need to be developing our own leadership in the context of team and those around us. And teams are so, so, so vital to this. And so before we get into the practical sort of side of it, I wanted to um, just just really reiterate that it's important to sort of remember that this is totally what Jesus did. You know, he was a team builder. He, he was someone who built teams. He reproduced leaders and investing in them is a biblical model. You know, it's not Just something that like some super intelligent church pastor came up with. It's a biblical model. You know, you see Jesus, he he calls people to himself. He's like, come, would you come and follow me? And then he hangs out with them. He loves them. He, He let them be a part of what he was doing. He trained them. He corrected them. He helped them. And then he released them and empowered them to lead the church. And look what's happened 2017 years or whatever it is later. It's amazing to see the way that God has established his kingdom here on earth through through people, through teams. So it's the Jesus model. And, um, and, and John Wimber, who, who founded the Vineyard Movement, he, he took this Jesus model and he created like a little bit of a leadership tool to help us build healthy teams. And leadership development is at the centre of this. And I know a number of you have have looked at this before, so we're going to zip through it. So don't panic if you're like, oh, this is another session on this. It's it's not. We're going to zip through it. But for those of you who haven't heard it, it's really important because it's it's the foundation, it's the thing that underpins what I'm talking about tonight. So this is what John says. He says, the single most important factor preventing growth in the church today, it's the inability to identify, recruit, train, deploy, monitor and nurture leaders and workers. You know, it's absolutely vital. And and so we're going to zip through this really quickly, but I'd love for you to think about this tonight in the context of your team. So, So have a think about which team are you on? Where are you at in your own leadership development as we go through this? And then what's the current team or teams that you might be overseeing? And which area stands out to you and where do your teams maybe need some work? So keep those in mind in, in your own local context as we work through this model. So the first one is, is identify. And, and right at the start, you've got to identify someone that you can invest in as a leader. So we're looking for someone who, who loves Jesus, who's servant-hearted, who's a team player, who's of godly character, who's you know, got time, who's available, who's faithful and teachable. Then once we've identified them, we're looking to recruit them. And, uh, and the next thing is to do once, is to recruit them, is to actually, you know, invite them. Invite them uh, onto your teams. And so by doing this, you remember it's what Jesus did. Pray, you know, actually ask them to be involved. Tell them that you believe in them. Take a risk with who you're inviting. And once they've been recruited, we're looking at training them, doing, doing the Jesus disciple model, which I just talked about. Once they've been trained, we move on to deploying. You can see I'm just zipping through this really, Really, really quick. But once they've been identified and recruited and trained, then it's time for them to be sent out to be deployed in their new area of ministry. And we do that by gradually doing it, not just chucking them in there and, like, legging it. (laughs) Setting expectations, being clear about who it is they report to, letting them know it's okay to fail, letting them lead. And then once they're leading, this model moves on to monitoring them. You know, monitoring's really important. Oh, gone too far. You know, in in the monitoring stage, asking them how it's going, checking in with them, keeping them accountable, monitoring them according to what the vision and the goals of the ministry is, and not being afraid to challenge them in love, of course. And the final one is is nurturing. And um, don't underestimate the value of this nurturing. It is so, so important to be generally interested in the person that you're developing. Interested in them, not just the task. You know, pray with them constantly. Point them to Jesus. They're following Jesus first. Support and encourage them. Thank them, and listen to them. So that's the that's the sort of leadership tool which is going to underpin this: identify, recruit, train, deploy, monitor, and nurture. And um, I actually think this is such a helpful model because it encourages us to be intentional. And the more I think about leadership development, is it is actually an intentional thing. It doesn't just happen. And I really believe that like a combination of theory and the practice for all of us, you know, whether you're off to plant a church, whether you've got a small team, whether you're running a church, whether you've been running a team for years, we can really develop in this. So that's how we build a team. We, we identify, we recruit, we train, we deploy, we monitor, we nurture. And as you get into it, what you'll realise with this is that the more leadership responsibility that you have, and as it grows in, in your various teams, you'll have different people at different stages of that model. So you might have some leaders who, who you're just recruiting into something. You might have some leaders that you're training. You might have some that you're nurturing. And, and the model sort of cycles around itself. I know from my own leadership development, there's been times when I've been recruited to something new and I've been trained, then I've been nurtured, and then I've been identified for something else and it's sort of grown a little bit. So we need to, we need to understand that, that we're on this constant cycle recruiting and developing leaders but at every single stage the culture of the team is so important and so that's where we're going to hang for the rest of this session because we want to create teams don't we where there is a kingdom culture you know culture is so important just consider for a moment a team which you might have been on which hasn't functioned that well you know why didn't it function well what was going wrong Because the chances are, was that a culture shift needed to happen on that team. Because the culture of a team, it it sets the tone. And in our context, it's so key to a healthy team and therefore to a healthy ministry. And um, as leaders, we have the opportunity to build healthy teams. To build teams where, where kingdom values, they're persistently evident, where Jesus is glorified through through what we're achieving together, through the way we treat each other, and setting the culture of the team. It's important at every single level of this leadership development. So it's important when you're identifying a leader. It's important when you're recruiting them and training them and deploying them and so on. And it needs our constant focus. So it leads us on to the question, how do we do it? How do we create a healthy team. So I've come up with a number of pointers. I'm sure they're not exhaustive, but hopefully they should really help. There we are. Great. So the first one is that by realising, the first first way we create a healthy culture is by realising that as leaders, that we set the culture of the team. You know, from the moment that you've identified and recruited someone on your team, they're looking to you to lead them. They're looking at you. And I think sometimes, as leaders, we don't realise how influential our words and our actions could be. This is just a little little story, but um, just a really little thing. But I'm known at Trent for, I I love to wear these yellow Oakley sunglasses. And they're my favourite sort of accessory. And I always wear them on my head. And the amount of time somebody says to me, if I haven't got them on which is not very often. They're like, you haven't got your sunglasses on today. That's a bit strange. So people I don't even know, you know, they're looking to us all of the time. That's just a little example. But as leaders, we want to be modelling what we want to reproduce. You know, we need to model what we want to reproduce in our teams. And it's got to start with us. So it sort of leads us to the question, you know, if we want to model what we want to reproduce, what do we want to reproduce? And I think the first thing in our context is that we want to model what it looks like to have an authentic relationship with Jesus. You know, an authentic relationship with Jesus is so attractive. Think about the leaders that you've you've led under who have that. It's a very inspiring thing. Let's let people be drawn to the Jesus inside of us. And um, I try to do this, um, do my best with this in in the teams that I lead by by modelling it to them, by always praying together in our meetings. Sometimes it's easy to forget to do that, isn't it? By starting off um, some of our meetings by sharing perhaps what the Lord might be talking to me about. Getting others to share, sharing what I'm reading about in the Bible at the moment. I do it by asking God for, to, for direction in our meetings and waiting for him to speak. And I, and I try to do it in the most authentic way. You know, you know we're all on our own journeys with Jesus and at times some of us will be wrestling with things and I try to share that as much as is appropriately possible with the team, because I think it brings a sense of authenticity. And it's an obvious one, but when you're in main church, be actively engaged. Be actively engaged. And, and a few years back for us, some of the pastors uh, where we were in our setting, we had a number of practical tasks that we ended up doing. And sometimes um, the practical tasks led on to some chats and worship would be starting. And rather than worshipping, we'd be at the back doing something which was really he- you know, sometimes really helpful, but it wasn't modelling what we wanted to reproduce. Obviously, some people need to be at the back doing a task, but all of us didn't. And so between us, we had a little chat about it, and we were like, let's model being actively engaged in church. And what was happening before was some of the guys who were working under us, they were all at the back as well, because it became like the cool place to be. And actually, we have been like, why don't why didn't we all come to the front? Why don't we get involved? And now they're doing that as well. Make an active decision. To, to model an authentic relationship with Jesus. The second thing is model teachability. We want team members and leaders on our teams, don't we, that are teachable. And I try my best to do this with my teams by sharing my own failings. And a little story for you, um, which is quite funny and I'm still a little bit mortified about, but it was, um, I don't know, maybe eight years ago or something, and I was quite junior on the staff team at the time. And um, Debbie, who leads our church and leads the movement with John now, she was my line manager at the time. And we had this uh, meeting about a load of practical things. And uh, at the end of the meeting, she, put her, she closed her book. And she put her notebook down. And she said, there's something I need to talk to you about. And I was like, oh, no. <laughs> like, what's coming next? And she said, um, and then she literally just went for it. She went, you need to stop swearing right now. And like looked me in the eye. And I was like, oh, I've been caught red-handed. And, and it wasn't like I had this massive sort of swearing issue. It wasn't a massive issue, but it was an issue. And I, all these things were going around in my mind, and I was like, who, who dobbed me in? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? How does she know? That kind of thing. How does she know? But um, all these things were going around, and I just thought, you know what? She's absolutely right. She's absolutely right. And she said to me, you know, if you carry on in this way, it's not God's best for you, and it will hold you back. And, um, and so I said, you, you know, I need to change. I said, I need to change. And um, so we put some accountability in place and literally every week she was like, have you been swearing this week or whatever? And I was like, no. And, uh, and so the problem ended. But I love to share that story. You know, it's embarrassing and it's a little bit humiliating, but we have to model teachability. That was a moment of teachability that actually defined my journey as a leader. So don't be afraid to share moments where you've been challenged. And don't be afraid to challenge those on your team, obviously in love. And lots of us, we can be afraid of conflict, can't we? And sometimes, if, if on our teams we're scared of conflict, it can be so unhelpful. And I'm reminded of that verse in Proverbs, where it says, Proverbs 27:17 says, as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. Let's create teams where we do that, where we're rubbing up against each other, sharpening each other. It's so helpful for leadership growth. Challenging people in love, I think, leads to a leadership growth spurt in others. It also reinforces that it's okay to fail. It's okay to get it wrong. You know, fear is something that which as leaders can hold us back and can cripple us. But if we can set a culture where it's okay to mess up, then it's really, really helpful. It's an amazing culture. So model teachability, the other thing would be to point four would be to stay united around vision, united and clear about around vision. You know, obviously, vision is going to look different in different settings. If you're running Um, the evangelism ministry, is going to look different to small groups or car parking. But the question I I love to ask with my teams is: Is this? Which is Nick from Andy Stanley, and it's 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 this: It's what are we doing? Why are we doing it? And how are we doing it? And I love to come back to that over and over again. What are we doing? Why why are we doing it? And how are we doing it? And particularly on the youth team. we're really clear about that and and so a few years back somebody came to me and they said we want to start a driving school in Trent youth we want to take the kids out on on a Tuesday night and teach them how to drive these 15 year olds now that's a great idea it and it would have been fun but it wasn't really homing in on the vision of what we're trying to achieve achieve with Trent youth and so what we did was said no actually that doesn't make sense explain that with the team Do everything you can to foster trust in your teams. You know, all of us know that trust is the foundation of any healthy team. And without trust on every single level, you'll just end up with a dysfunctional team. So how do we foster trust? I think we do it by acting with integrity. Letting our yeses be yes, our noes be noes. By talking to each other, not about each other. By being real and vulnerable with each other. And as leaders, we set the culture with the vulnerability. Make a, pl- make a place where it feels safe for people to be real with each other. And we do it by making time for people one-on-one and also in the context of team as well. Cross the trust. Point six, do the best to create a family. You know, rather than just create a team around a task, try to create a family. And this again, it looks different in different contexts depending on people's availability and their times and the time they've got. But, but try your best to make it a place where it feels like a family, where people come to your team, it feels like home, where they can relax, where they can be themselves. Food is obviously essential to this. You couldn't, couldn't do something in the vineyard without food, could we? But the best families, they stick by each other when it's easy and when it's hard. So create a team. It might be that one week, somebody on your team is just having a really rough time, and you need to step in and help them out. A good team culture covers each other's backs. Point seven would be that we celebrate each other. And this might sound like an obvious one, but work hard to create a team where people are for each other. Because the power of being believed in, it enables people to rise up to leadership challenges that they never thought they could do. You know, think about the people perhaps who believed in you it's so powerful isn't it countless times in my journey I found myself doing things and being involved in things I never expected I would because people have believed in me when they've handed areas of ministry over to me they've said we believe you can do this even when I'm like bad idea but really practically you know when someone's done something really brilliant affirm them do it publicly do it privately because it can be life-changing Thank your teams, you know, parties, cards, presents, all of that. Celebrate people and celebrate what the Lord is doing. Stories are so powerful, aren't they? Whenever we get together in our teams, whatever team it is, we share a story about what the Lord is doing. You know, sometimes we can be so busy, can't we, running from one thing to the next thing, that we forget to stop and celebrate what the Lord is doing. Zipping on here, remember that you're part of a bigger team. This one I think is really important. You know, I mentioned my, the phrase earlier, teamwork makes the dream work. It's one of my favourite phrases. The other one is like it, and it's this. It's one team and it's one dream. That's a good one as well, isn't it? Because sometimes in the context of church, it can be, it can be kids, 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 youth, 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 small group, small, small group, and actually we can end up working in silos. And what you need to appreciate is that when we're leading is that your team is part of a bigger team. It's healthy to, to, to work like that and it creates, it creates unity and it avoids conflict. Do everything you can to, to foster a culture in your team where you see the bigger picture, one dream, one team. And the question that we often ask in in our ministries, at the moment, in our church, we're a little bit space-bound, so some of the ministries um, have not got all the space they wanted, and there's the potential in that for people to get disgruntled, one team to feel like they're getting favouritised over another team. But the question that we ask often is, what's best for the church? Like, What is best for the church in this season? Not just for my team, what's best for the church? I think that's really helpful. The last point I I wanted to just, just mention is to love your team. You know, it sounds like an obvious one, but love your team. You know, if you don't love being on your team, chances are no one will love being on your team either. You know, have fun together and enjoy it. Make it an irresistible place, an irresistible team to be a part of. So we're just gonna, re- let's just recap those things before we end. So things to help us create great cultures in teams. Realise as leaders, you set the culture of the team. Model an authentic relationship with Jesus. Model teachability. Stay united and clear around vision. Foster trust in your teams. Do your best to create family. Celebrate each other. Celebrate what the Lord is doing. Remember that you're part of this bigger team. And love your team. So we're going to have a little uh, time of discussion now. I think the question's coming around. And then we'll pick up in 15 minutes or so.